Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 14th. It is seven minutes after nine. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and Ethan Hatcher joins me and we start off the show, Ethan, with some lyrics. It's a John Mellencamp song. You might be familiar with it. Crumbling down. When the walls come crumbling down. Crumbling a crumbling. When the walls, they come tumbling down. It's not looking great for the Biden administration right now. They say the best disinfectant is sunlight, Mm -hmm. and I think it's incredible that the impeachment inquiry is being opened up. But it's important at this juncture for Republicans to put up or shut up in front of a crucial election cycle because they will look mighty foolish if they cannot connect the dots satisfactorily on this issue. I'm I'm waiting. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. Mm -hmm. Let's see if Mike uh, Mike Johnson can deliver because this is this is what I had wanted uh, potentially from a James Comer speakership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But if he can't deliver, maybe Johnson will. I'm I'm waiting for the Republican Party to be able to connect the dots. Okay, so we're talking about how yesterday the House Republicans voted to formalize that impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Their investigation reaching critical juncture. Right up until this (laughs) point, they haven't had enough votes to really do this, but yesterday, for once, they all came together. They ended up voting along party lines, 221 to 212. Uh, The uh, representative from Arizona, Andy Biggs, he said that Hunter Biden failing to show up for that closed-door testimony helped solidify the vote for the impeachment inquiry. It's like Hunter stood out there, gave them all the middle finger, told them they were number one, and guess what? They did not like that. No, no, you can't show up Congress. I mean, this is incredible for a citizen of the United States to be, be, be able to believe they can dictate terms in which they will appear before Congress is absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might recall Donald Trump warning everybody about the Biden crime family. They called Trump a criminal while they were the ones committing all the crimes. And uh, witness does not get to determine the manner and method in which they provide evidence. If you're subpoenaed, you got to show up, not just stage a press conference across the street and skip the deposition. Now, we've got uh, uh, Joe Biden, who's in a bit of hot water, and now Hunter Biden, who must be prosecuted for contempt of Congress as well. Um, Hunter Biden having that news conference yesterday talking about how the Republicans were showing naked pictures of him. Now, if you recall, (laughs) didn't Hunter and the mainstream media say that the laptop was not his and the contents on it were not his? And, well, I'm sure they wanted to ask him about that. Never got the chance to. But here we go. The House voted to formalize impeachment inquiry into President Biden. And it's funny how the unifying factor is the bad behavior of President Biden's son. 
mm-hmm. to be able to unite the party in this front, you know, in in starting the impeachment inquiry. I'm excited by this. And the other thing is, um, the ex- uh, the existence of a subpoena implies the existence of a dompina, and maybe they can use the sergeant at arms to enforce that subpoena and bring Hunter before Congress, which would be extremely humiliating for the son of the sitting president. All right. Well, here is that Speaker Mike Johnson saying that yeah, they have the votes, the impeachment votes. Mr. Speaker, do you think that you'll have all Republicans to vote for the impeachment inquiry today? I, I think it's going to pass. We're going right up here. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think Hunter Biden should have shown up today? I certainly do. Do you think he should be proposed again? <laughs> You've got the votes, Molly. Yep. Okay. So uh, Biden, of course, slammed the House vote Wednesday night. He called it a baseless political stunt that even Republicans in Congress uh, say they don't have the facts. We'll see baseless about Baseless political that. stunt. Let's not overlook the fact it was Democrats who weaponized the, the political process to begin with, with their two frivolous impeachment uh, uh, proceedings against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who started this. So they can't cry foul now in the whole operation. Um, I think, you know, it's great that the Republicans finally managed to put on a united front. You had the details on the Indiana representatives, and it was strictly along partisan lines. The only mm-hmm. no votes were Frank Moran, uh, first congressional di- uh, uh, district Democrat, and uh, Andre Carson, Andre predictably. Carson. Yeah, of the, course. You'd everybody else, at all your Republican representatives on board with the impeachment. Yep, inquiry. all of the Hoosiers, the great state of Indiana, they all voted uh, yes to impeach. But uh, wasn't it President Biden, if memory serves? Oh, yes, it was him on October 15th of 21. He was asked about subpoenas, and he said those who refuse subpoenas from the House Select Committee should be prosecuted by the Justice Department. Do you think he's changing his tune now that it's his son? Yeah. The light of his love for his son. Well, James Comer, uh, I believe, was talking about uh, his plan to hold uh, Hunter Biden in contempt. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, do, do we have sound for that? Yep, we do. We've got uh, James Comer and also Jim Jordan. They're announcing their plan to hold Hunter Biden in contempt contempt after he refused to comply with that subpoena for that closed door deposition. Issued a lawful subpoena to the president's son that we expect him to come in and uh, be deposed. Uh, this is a normal process in the investigation. This has been a serious, credible, transparent investigation from day one. We've published four bank memorandums. We've had countless press conferences. This is an investigation about public corruption at the highest levels. We have accumulated mountains of evidence that's concerning to an overwhelming majority of Americans. We have specific questions in there, and I think we're going to allow you in there to see the uh, piles and piles of documents, of bank statements, of emails, of text messages that we've worked very hard on in this committee over the last eight or nine months. Uh, We expect to depose the president's son, and then we will be more than happy to have a public hearing with him. So he's in contempt of Congress and uh, contemptible to America as well. Although, although they've been working on this for a year now, are are, are you holding your breath? Do you do you think they're? 
going to actually do something? I mean, the Biden clan, they think they're above the law and they don't need to answer to anybody, even Congress. And they proved that yesterday. Well, that's historically been the problem with Republicans. When the opportunity comes for them to hold the opposition's feet to the fire, they usually crumple, you know, like a, a, a cheap shirt. Mm-hmm. You know. OK, so the uh, cover of The Washington Post today is Hunter Biden. And it says, Mr. Grift goes to Washington, defying subpoena. <laughs> Hunter changes Biden's story again. And we'll get into that later in the show. But let's continue on. Here is Jim Jordan talking about his disappointment in Hunter. Well, I would just echo what the chairman said. You know, we're disappointed that he didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and set the question. You do it in an open format now, you're going to get you're going to get filibusters, you're going to get speeches, you're going to get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de- uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. And then, as the chairman said, we'd love for him to come public. Finally, I would say this. Uh, Mr. Biden's counsel and the White House have both argued that the reason he couldn't come for a deposition was because there wasn't a formal vote for an impeachment inquiry. Well, that's going to happen in a few hours. Yeah. We think it's going to pass. We think the House of Representatives will go on record with the power that solely resides in the House to say we are in an official impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight. And when that happens, we'll see what their excuse is then. They should have been here today, but once we take that vote, we expect him to come in for a uh, for his interview, for his deposition. And frankly, uh, we'll also, I think, look at uh, contempt proceedings as we move forward. Yep, there you go. So it is official. If there's no shady business, if there's no malfeasance, it would be wonderful for Hunter Biden to explain in his own words mm-hmm. how he was appointed to the board of Burisma, an energy company, when he has no expertise in production or trade of those resources, Hunter. Why? Why, why did this happen only when your dad was vice president of the United States? If this wasn't for influence peddling, Hunter, help us connect the dots here. Okay, so yeah, everybody said, oh, no evidence, no evidence. Uh, uh, okay, outside of the bank records, the suspicious activity reports, the wire transfers, the bri- private bank transactions, uh-huh. the LLCs, the texts. The emails, the WhatsApp messages. Oh, I'm not done. The photos photos of Joe with Hunter's business partners, the voicemails to his son, the two business partners saying Joe is the brand and the big guy and the chairman, the two whistleblowers' testimony. There's the f- recorded phone calls between Biden and Poroshenko. There's the video of Joe Biden bragging about firing the Ukrainian prosecutor. There's Hunter's statements uh, that he's giving his dad half his income. No, no evidence at all. Nothing. T- T- Good call. 10% sure. to the big guy. 10% and this is, look, to the big guy. This is why Republicans need to put up or shut up mm-hmm. because it's a crucial, it's going to be a crucial election year. This is a low hanging fruit. They should be able to connect the dots. And if they don't, the party will look extremely foolish. So let's, let's go here. Come on. Uh, okay. We've got a, uh, a new released music video of some sort. The first lady, Jill Biden, oh, her, no. her efforts to spread some holiday cheer. We've got to talk about that coming up. <sighs> it's 93 WIBC. Good morning. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Chris Cuomo couldn't control his laughter when he did an interview. This was great. I loved this video. The expressions on his face while it's going on mm-hmm. are priceless. He, he normally, he's able to hold it together, but during I mean, but this- would you inter- be able to if this was happening to you in real time? Well, okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> this is, uh, Balin Dupree is her name, and she's, uh, I think, uh, young 20s, uh, something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. and she's uh, made a name 
for herself on social media, not because she's doing anything extraordinary. You know, she's not, she'll do the whole uh, get ready with me and while I put my makeup on, just like all of the other trends that are going on. But the difference is Balin suffers from Tourette's syndrome. Yeah, pretty pretty severe uh, manifestation of it too. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe that Chris Cuomo got hooked on her because his children follow her. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to do an interview with her. And, uh, and she said, has, he said they were uh, imitating some of her affectations, which if you if you hear the clip, uh-huh. that might not be good. Well, she she does <laughs> have a couple a couple phrases that I actually we use around my house because I I stumbled across her many months ago. But she'll say things like "wind it up" and "up top, Girl Scout," and then a few other things. Yeah, the few other things. The there few other go. things are um, I like how you phrase that. Yeah, Casey, hopefully Carl really did his job in bleeping uh, because she has multiple ticks and I've heard her say that with Tourette's syndrome when you have a tick it's like an itch that yeah. you have to scratch or, and, or sneeze yeah it's just you can't control it it's gotta come out and so it does so here's part of this interview with uh, Chris Cuomo and Balin Dupree who is suffering from Tourette's syndrome and she's ticking through the interview much for coming on and what do you hope you can do by taking the risks that you take so people can understand what you're dealing with. I'm sorry, do you mind repeating the question? Why do you, what do you want people to learn? Um, I want people to learn that um, Tourette's is, neuro, is a neurological involuntary motor and vocal disorder. Um, I don't tick 24-7, and there's a lot of little baby wings. Fuck you, Chris. There's a lot of things that people don't understand. Like, people think that cussing is is with everyone who has Tourette's syndrome, but it's only in 10% of people with Tourette's. And... How has it been as you've gotten more famous? Do you believe that people are understanding better or are they dopes like me who think you're acting? I say it's I say it's the same. I think there's a lot more people that don't understand what Tourette's is and um, they like to educate themselves more. So I get thousands of DMs from parents, from teachers, from girls that have been diagnosed with Tourette's and they've had to be kicked out of school for attention seeking because they rip up they rip up their homework or do things like that I've had parents reach out to me asking me oh my son's coming home with a girlfriend and his girlfriend has Tourette's syndrome so she seems and then so I also sweet get very she really evil does. people that would comment and say like told me that my parents deserved to die in a car accident mm. because I'm faking my condition or people have told me that like I've had to have the police at my house because people gave out my location and said they're going to come torch my house like it's crazy <laughs> 
Okay, so <laughs> you, you were, Carl, you were paying so much attention to what she was saying. So Tourette's syndrome affects about uh, 1.4 million children and adults in the uh, country. Uh, Balin, she was diagnosed with the disorder in 2018, and uh, she's just been trying to deal with it. But she, she tries, tries to go on and, and live a normal life. She's got a boyfriend. She goes to the gym and works out constantly. Uh, I mean, she she's really dealing with also an extreme case uh, mm-hmm. of, of Tourette syndrome. I uh, n- knew somebody growing up uh, who suffered from Tourette syndrome, but in most cases, it just manifests itself as like a, a little verbal tick or a, a little facial tick. It, it's usually not quite as severe as Balin's uh, uh, symptoms are. So it, it's it's nice for her to step forward and be able to or be willing to share mm-hmm. those elements of her life and bang up job, by the way, to producer Carl. Yeah, he's a real true. For for uh, censor bleeping all those uh, many curse words it throughout took a the long interview. Time. I bet uh, it did. Do you think we're being um, uh, to or, or not being subtle enough, producer Carl, with our Saturday night on the Circle takeover of the Kendall and Casey show? Like bit by bit, <laughs> we're taking over. You think so? This so, is an uh, advertisement for Saturday night. Too. Yeah, uh, Balin Dupree. She has about uh, nine million followers. So let's. Good for her. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, video that Joe Biden released as she's trying to spread holiday cheer and a lot of people are saying how cringy it is and awful and an embarrassment that this is going on in the White House. So we'll get into that. We're also going to hear from Corinne Jean-Pierre and Mike Braun coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning, 9.32 with the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off. Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio today. So yesterday, Jill Biden released a video, and it's being slammed as bizarre, freaky, and absolute garbage. It's a little cringe for sure. It's a little a little cringe. A little cringe. Um, it's her effort at spreading some Christmas joy. And uh, a lot of people not really into it. Let's take a quick listen. People are tap dancing. Tapping, snapping their fingers, doing the jazz hands. Which actually, you know what? Kind of makes sense that the Biden White House is tap dancing, aren't they? Aren't they tap dancing around a lot of issues right now? That's exactly it. Tap dancing around the border, tap dancing around their uh, congressional subpoenas, Mm -hmm. tap dancing around impeachment inquiries. Yes. Oh, it's just a wonderful good old time in the Biden White House. Yeah. It's actually staying quite thematic with what's going on. The the music sounds a lot better than the visual display. Mm -hmm. Like, these people are cartoonishly dressed. It's like a clown show, you know, tippity-tap dancing down the hallways. Mm -hmm. It's it's a bizarre visual spectacle, and if you want to uh, 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 treat yourself to some cringy moments, it's like watching an episode of The Office, but in the White House, (laughs) then you can find that online. Okay, so this is done by the New York City-based dance troupe, Dorrance Dance. And it's supposed to be a playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite through the halls of the White House. And Jill Biden said... The Nutcracker Suite. It didn't sound anything like the Nutcracker Suite. Yeah, well, she said it's a bit of magic, wonder, and joy brought to you by the talented tappers at Dorrance Dance performing their playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite Enjoy magic, wonder, and joy. Magic, wonder, and joy. That is the theme of Joe Biden's third Christmas 
<laughs> at the White House. They must be an off-Broadway production. Yeah. <laughs> very, very off-Broadway. Uh, some of the comments are absolute garbage, so much cringe. Tril- uh, children should not be watching this smut. The only thing missing is Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, secondhand embarrassment is off the charts. Never forget what they took from you and never forget what they took from you with a picture of Melania Trump looking, um, you know, beautiful in front of a Christmas tree. Um, I didn't get smut off of the video. That, no. that, I think that, that might be a little bit of a mischaracterization. I mean, it certainly is cringy, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe not smutty. So the White House expects about 100,000 vid- visitors through their halls during the holiday season. You want to hear Karine Jean-Pierre get rattled? Oh, please. Yeah, you do. I love... The binder. Here it is. A CBS reporter asking her about uh, Biden's complete unwillingness to address border security over the past uh, two and a half, three years that he's been in office. Did put forth, and you laid that out in your question, uh, a comprehensive immigration reform plan. He did that on day one, and it is going on three years. On three years. He spent pushing that on bill three years. Here's the thing. Because he's met with them on foreign policy, right. on fiscal cliffs, and we on have, budget, and, and we, it's never been no, about immigration. Ed, and we have regular conversations with congressional leaders and congressional staff about an array of issues, including this. I mean, this is, you cannot send a bigger message to Congress and the American people when you say your first, when you put out your first piece of legislation is on this issue, is on reforming immigration, right? Is on fixing. Flat when you spend very little public time as president talking about the issue, meeting with congressional leaders on the issue specifically, or doing anything else other than having you come out here and say, we issued a bill on day one. I disagree, it's not just issue a bill. Like not too long ago, back in the spring, we put forth policies on trying to make sure that because because Congress didn't help on trying to put forth policies that try to make the immigration system humane, right? Humane and actually dealing with the issue that we're seeing at the border. We have taken policy actions after policy actions without <laughs> without the help from Congress, without, right? And so that is that is being consistent here. And when you put forth the first piece of of of, uh, of legislation to be on this issue that has been broken for decades. I mean, that's what he did as president. That's taking it very, very seriously. Sure. So serious. So much spin and so much arguing with a reporter. Um, the, The immigration reform cannot include amnesty for those that have crossed illegal, illegally. And she can't she can't spin her way out of this. Well, she she was correct. Biden did many things on day one to address immigration, and he has been consistent in the way he has addressed the issue, consistently bad. And these day one actions that she's talking about, let's, let's see exactly what the Biden administration did through executive order. They reinstituted uh, the deferred action for uh, minors who crossed here illegally with their parents, the otherwise known as DACA, which was implemented by uh, Barack. Barack Obama. He rescinded uh, the travel bans on countries with uh, uh, t- you know terrorist connections. Um, he uh, uh, put a hundred day pause on any uh, deportations as soon as he took it uh, into office. He uh, removed the remain in Mexico policy, mm-hmm. like all mm-hmm. of this, so and a lot more, a lot more, Casey. 
to undo the progress that the Trump administration had made for, while he was in office. So, yes, he did address immigration and he has been consistent, but it's not been to repair the border. It's been to destroy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and there's a lot of things it, it doesn't also it needs to be enforced ethan there's there's a big difference illegal crossings uh they shouldn't be allowed to stay they should go back to where they came from and we're not even talking about the gotaways i mean you see the videos all the time of the thousands upon thousands of people crossing our border illegally and where are they going? And the dozens of them that are on the terrorist watch list. Mm-hmm. And the. What we talk about? 30 of them yesterday? Yeah. 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 Like in one day. You know, 30 people Mm -hmm. on the terrorist watch list crossing, and you know there are a dozen, if not hundreds more, potentially uh, uh, posing a national security threat to American citizens. So it's beyond illegal immigrants uh, flouting our laws. It is at the heart of citizen safety. Yep. So Mike Braun has been speaking about his thoughts on the border. And by the way, all week long, Tony Katz continuing his border week. And I've been inviting everybody to check that out. I know he's put a lot of work and effort into that. But uh, under Trump, southern border, safe and secure. Under Biden, millions of foreign nationals have flooded into our country. Uh, Here's Mike Braun with his thoughts. Look at how things were working during the Trump administration. It was very clear. It was at a record low in recent times. The Biden administration comes in. I was down there in April or so of 21, 18 of us went there. Mm -hmm. And it was going from a 10, 15, 20,000 up to 50 or 60. It's now 200,000 with 60,000 gotaways a month. That wasn't even a term then. I was down there with a bunch of Indiana sheriffs just about three, four weeks ago. It's even impacting places like Indiana. Oh, sure. Every state's on state. other issues. So that, when they say draconian, no, they are for open borders, and that's hard for the progressive side of their party to get away from. They're in a real trick box here because right. most of the American public knows the border is not in good shape. So, that even goes into some Democrats. Right. Okay, so millions of people flooding into the country, allowing unknown amounts of drugs and violent criminals right into our backyard. A country without borders is actually not a country at all. Let's also mention that although Mike Braun is entirely correct, there may be some ulterior motives mm. in him addressing this no. issue, maybe earning some free media time, getting you that earned media out there, his, his gubernatorial campaign. Oh, <laughs> right. He's running for governor of the great state of Indiana. So, and, I mean, although he's correct, mm-hmm. this is also, you know, tied with his own election efforts. Uh, the border is the number two issue mm. that most Americans say that they're concerned about. All right. More from Karine Jean-Pierre, by the way. She asks about the Hunter Biden subpoena and you think she's got any answers ethan i doubt it yeah right from the um president spent a lot of time in congress been around washington a while does he believe that congressional subpoenas are something that individual citizens can ignore i'm just not gonna speak to that 
is not. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? Are you you want to be more specific yeah, on your question? He's a former senator. He's issued subpoenas in his career. Does he believe that I'm the just subpoenas gonna, have to be complied? I'm just going to have you speak to the White House counsel mm-hmm. on this. I'm just not going to speak to that. I'm just not going to answer you. I'm just flat out not going to answer you. And just again, like Hunter. Yeah. I <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll go back to that uh, October 15th, 2021, when Joe Biden was asked about uh, those who are subpoenaed. He said those who refuse subpoenas from the House Select Committee should be prosecuted by the Justice Department. Okay, we'll see what happens with your son. Joe Biden. All right, let's uh, recognize this guy and uh, remind everybody in their car as you're driving and listening to stop on either side of the road when the bus arm comes out. A Noblesville bus driver has saved a student from being hit by a car who blew past the arm. So um, this guy's name, let's He's a see. Hero. He he is a hero. His name is Walt Edwards. He, he did some quick thinking and he stopped a student from crossing the street just as a car was blowing past and uh, even though the school bus stop arm was out. So here's the review, all right? If you're on a two-lane road and the bus stops and the bus arm is out, if you're behind the bus or on the opposite side of the street of the bus, you must stop. If you're on a multi-lane paved road and there's a median in between and the bus stops and the bus arm stop comes out if you are behind the bus you must stop if you're on the other side of the median turn lane you must stop the only time you don't stop is if there is a divided barrier between the road then you can proceed with caution if you're on the other side of the road if you're behind that bus and that bus arm comes out you don't get to pass the bus you have to stop and this would not be the first time that indiana students were uh killed as the result of driver carelessness Mm -hmm. while exiting a bus um i think there was a a tragic uh three three children were killed a few years ago uh, Mm -hmm. by a careless driver Yep. Um, The uh, Noblesville Police Department, they said, uh, great job, Walt. Thank you for keeping the students safe. And uh, we thank him as well. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 944. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and Ethan Hatcher is filling in today. And uh, well, he's the former news director of WIBC, the steely eyed newsman, Chris Davis, joining us on the WIBC hotline. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Well, Casey, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. We're glad you're joining us today. We brought you on board because we saw this story, and of course, we have to get your take on this. And some people are calling it utterly terrifying and shocking because the first AI-generated news anchors are going to debut on a U.S. national station next year. It's called Channel One, and it's going to include a mix of digitally created avatars and digital doubles. That's what they're calling this. So I guess the obvious question is, how do we feel about AI newscasters? I hope it fails miserably and rots. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. I mean, this is disastrous because it's creating new. It's just news content. It's not crafting a story. It's not uh, uh, cre- making objective uh, news. It's just cr- churning out content. 
This is the most hollow regurgitation of headlines ever. I mean, it's not it's not newsworthy. But it's going to create, in my opinion, and I wonder if you agree with this, an AI nuclear arms race. Because in a commercial uh, broadcast world, they don't have to pay these people. Mm. And ad revenue is generated off of clicks. So if they can get the clicks on these AI bodies, then isn't there more incentive for them to cut the very vital component of crafting news, which is the actual staff, your actual you know, uh, uh, flesh and blood newsmen? Well, the only person who was after money uh, so greedily and actually had morals was Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> uh, so if you're thinking about you know the creation of ad revenue off of basically very little money invested except for, you know, of course, creating the avatars and getting some kind of news feed for them to read, uh, well, it seems to make sense to people who are about nothing but money. But for people who want to be uh, more human, then certainly this will be something that uh, I think uh, people will be wondering, should I have a moral objection to this? And I'm going to tell you, as a longtime newsman, I have every moral objection to AI involved in news. I don't think it should ever be done because I think consumers deserve to have a bond of trust with the people who bring them news, and you cannot form a bond of trust with something that is completely untrustworthy. And if I may go on for just a minute. Please do. I, I just heard an interview just seconds ago with an attorney. Uh, I'm in Jackson, Mississippi now. Uh, I heard an interview with a Jackson attorney about AI in the courtroom, and he said that an attorney had filed a brief using AI, and it cited five cases for precedent and they found out none of those cases ever really happened. This is one of the dangers of AI. And, you know, most of my objection comes from uh, the heart and the soul. It doesn't come from empirical data. But uh, I want to point people back to, a, uh, to an old episode of Star Trek, way back from 1968. It was <laughs> called The Ultimate Computer. And this guy had invented a computer that could completely control everything that the enterprise did, and it made all of the correct logical technical decisions. But when it came to war games, it was making technically correct decisions, but it killed people, innocent people, because it had no discernment. And the people who uh, you know were in charge of the technical advisory to the show, the Rand Corporation, they had it exactly right. AI has no soul, it has no instinct, it has no gut, it has no human discernment, and that is why it has no place in news. Chris Davis joins us. He is a uh, former news director of WIBC and just uh, outstanding broadcaster. Now, the founder of this Channel One, his name is Adam Mosum. He's assured that his company is not going to exploit the technology. <laughs> and he said that there has been some misuse of AI generational stuff. But uh, AI generated news, he said, is inevitable. And this Channel One just aims to get out in front of this and create create responsible use of the technology. Do you believe there will ever be responsible use? And also you had mentioned discernment, but my thing is who do you hold accountable if there's no human behind the delivery? Is it the programmer 
who's programming the AI technology, the person behind the keyboard, are they the one who will be held accountable if there is bad reporting? That is exactly why AI in news is a bad idea, because there is no accountability. I read an article uh, just this morning. Again, I was doing a lot of AI research in, in prep for uh, you know this spot, but I read an article. It said, how do we deal with AI in the future? Well, we have to create trustworthy AI. <laughs> the thing about it, there's no such thing. You cannot trust something that is being programmed to make its own decisions and evolving uh, based on its own decisions. You cannot program the human trait, and like I said, discernment, the human trait of being able to make good and moral decisions. And, you know, if you're a spiritual person, a lot of spiritual people believe that decisions should be made prayerfully. Uh, You can't possibly do that with AI because, again, it is not a living being. That is how come you can't hold it accountable. I mean, what are you going to do, smash the computer? Right. I guess that – I mean, I would suggest doing that in the first place uh, instead of letting (laughs) it go make that mistake. Chris Davis joins us, and uh, I wanted everybody to get a sample of this because they're starting to roll some out just to show everybody what's coming. We've already seen social media and the internet flooded with fake videos and deep fakes, but here's a sample of what an AI newscaster might sound like. NASA revealed the first asteroid samples ever returned by a U.S. mission. The OSIRIS-REx craft was launched in 2016 to collect the samples from a carbon-rich asteroid called Bennu, almost 60 million miles away. Let's use our AI translation technology to take you closer to the story and help you understand the power of this storm. Recently, this man walked French news channel France 24 through the destruction at his home. Here's the original footage that would traditionally only air to French-speaking audiences. And now, experience that same clip, but in English. At around 2 a.m., I heard a loud noise, so I got up from my bed. I looked outside. Okay, so this is just a sample of an AI newscaster. Chris Davis, do you, were you able to tell the difference between human and artificial? Well, just over the air, I mean, it sounded like robots talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were very well-spoken robots. But I'll tell you this, uh, Ethan talked about at the very beginning there being an arms race, or there's going to be an arms race. And Casey, I think that here you have a group of people that will be accepting and that will gladly lend their ears uh, to this fakery. And then there's going to be a group of people who don't want anything to do with it and understand the need to be able to trust the people who are bringing you news because this is uh, news in its uh, by its very definition is what you use to make decisions about your life. Are you going to let a, uh, a non-human entity control those decisions. Yep. Chris Davis, we appreciate you joining us. Um, The guy who's uh, creating this news channel one using artificial intelligence newscasters, he's not saying which legacy or mainstream media news outlets are going to partner with him. Maybe there won't be any at all. It is the Kendall and Casey show. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.